What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 58 of More Wrestling's podcast. This is obviously an overdue podcast, or overdue episode, rather. I mean, the last time I did an episode was, I think, two months ago with Coach Mike Gray. But today, we've got on the assistant coach of Oswego State Lakers Wrestling, Troy Seymour. You might know him from his coaching at Oswego State, or you might know him from his time on the dance game at the NCAA Wrestling Tournament in uh, Detroit, Michigan. How's it going today, Troy? Hey, Dylan, it's uh, it's going really good today, and uh, I'm glad to be on here with you, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew we talked about this at Detroit, uh, I think, a little bit, and I definitely know we talked about this at uh, Virginia Beach for the NHSCA Nationals. Um, you know, I've had a few uh, D3 coaches on. I know you're one of them. Um, Ian Clark uh, was one of them, and uh, Signorelli of Alfred State was, I believe, another one. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the D3 scene kind of in the last few years was obviously unique because the lack of the NCAA tournament in 2020 and then the lack of the season in 2021. So, I mean, last year was really the first year, but you know, you're, you now you're in the off season, right? You had a first full year of coaching under your belt with the season and then the NCAA tournament, but how's your off season treating you right now? Um, it's treating us pretty good. Uh, we got the guys going on a, on a pretty strict lifting plan. Um, they're going at it about three days a week right now. Actually this week they're getting into their maxes. Um, so actually we started over COVID. Um, we did have some very strict um, restrictions. So um, towards the, the end of the year, we actually couldn't do anything at all as a team. Uh, so in the spring, the last six weeks, we started doing strength and conditioning um, sessions as a team. And uh, we started using um, a program through Coach Gut Check Myers um, with Ohio State. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's been great. You know, it's all wrestling specific stuff. Um, the guys have really adapted to it well. So, um, yeah, they're, they've been going strong through that. Um, they use it all throughout the year. Um, so it's leading right into the, right now in the postseason. So they're doing their summer plan. And uh, we just actually got the freshmen um, going on that a couple weeks ago. So they're getting a little bit um, accommodated to what we're doing and uh, trying to get them ready for to hit the ground running when we get going in the fall here. Yeah, so like you just mentioned, you're a freshman. Um, I've noticed the influx of recruits on the Lakers uh, Instagram, the Lakers Wrestling Instagram page um, this spring, just from the high school class of 2022. A lot of the recruits cover almost every section in New York. I mean, you've got two, section one, two, three, four. I mean, you know, almost every section. I think there was like 15 to 17 recruits. And you also got a few New Jersey teams as well. Um, you know, what was your focus on the recruiting trail for this year's class? I mean, really, this year was culture. I mean, we've had a lot of guys come in to the program in the past. I mean, talented and not talented, but, you know, there's a lot of other distractions on um, on any college campus. So I think um, in the past, the culture hasn't hasn't really been where it needed to be. So, you know, this year it was really important for us to 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 bring in a strong group and a lot of guys that that want to come in and they all have the same the same goal because. Um, if we're all doing it together um, and everyone's buying into what we're trying to accomplish, um, it's going to be a lot, you know, a lot more likely to happen that way. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you at some tournaments. Well, I've seen you at a few college tournaments this year, but I mean, for, for high school tournaments, I saw you at the New York state dual meet tournament. So I had the New York state championships. And then of course the NHSCA national championships where you drove 10 hours down. I mean, I, you were like one of, I, I want to say you were one of the only um, New York, college coaches there whether it was d1 d2 d3 njcaa whatever you were the like one of the only college coaches there and you always have a game plan of of stuff like you know i'm asking you who, who are you looking for and you open up your log book and you got section one guys listed section two guys listed section three four five six seven eight nine ten you know all the way down you got guys listed who are the seniors who you want to talk to you know this is what this guy's game plan is you know this is how i want to approach him this that and the other so you know from an outsider looking in, you, you've got the right things going. You're, you're looking at, um, you know, you're trying to obviously get the recruits, which is, it showed, right? You've got 16 or 17 guys on, I mean, that you've already listed that are coming to Oswego this, this fall. Um, so that's obviously big. I, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you for saying that. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, like you were saying, um, I try to go in with a game plan and, um, you know, we did want to get, bring in a lot of guys this year. And for us to be able to recruit for culture, um, I, I got to be able to get to know these guys a little bit. And we all have to be able to get to know them. And, you know, when we bring them around campus, um, our team actually did a really great job of, you know, coming and meeting them at lunch um, and sitting down and meeting their parents and talking to them and answering their questions. Or um, I actually had a guy um, come on campus. He was from the city. And we have this kid, um, Anthony Caskin. He's a 197 pounder. He's awesome. But he actually walked around the whole campus with me, just kind of giving him the tour and talking to him a little bit just to kind of make him feel a little bit more comfortable because, you know, we want the guys on the team to be able to get to know these recruits. And, um, you know, if, you know, if they're taking them for an overnight and they're coming back and saying, you know, this kid's this kid's a dirtbag, then we're probably not going to continue to keep recruiting that guy, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, the, the culture that you're building now is going to – to lead into the culture that you're trying to build with the 16, 17 guys that you you're currently bringing in. You've got, you've got great guys on your team. So, I mean, it's, it's, you're already saying that, but like, I mean, I know a few of the guys that are on your team, you know, Bryce Smith and, you know, obviously he's a North country guy. You kind of can trust, trust a guy like him that he's has the right mindset and uh, he's going to do the right things. And that's kind of a, going to help your culture build as well. So, you know, I, I see it from the outside looking in and that's, that's great to have um, on your team. And then of course, to, to build on your team, because yes, there's 10 away classes in a college, uh, you know, on a college roster, but you need those, those extra guys to be pushing each other to, to be good. And then of course, if you do have injuries, knock on wood, um, you know, you, you've got, you got depth, which depth makes a great, you know, culture and uh, it's going to lead to better things down the road. So, yeah, I like what like what you're doing down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very unlikely that um, you know throughout the court, uh, a whole college wrestling season that you're going to have all of the ten of your starters for every dual meet and every tournament. So having the next guy being ready up um, and you know ready to step into that place and compete at a high level is really important for us. And um, that's something I feel like in the past few years hasn't really been. Um, you know, something that was uh, a part of our program. So that's something we're trying to build upon now and um, getting our best guys better looks. I mean, you know, this year at the Nationals, um, Charlie Grigas, I mean, that guy, he is awesome. I mean, he's a little raw, you know, when it comes to wrestling, but, uh, you know, his will to win is is greater than I've ever seen in a lot of guys. So um, when we got to the Nationals and he lost in the blood round, um, it was really clear to me that, you know, there's a lot of times in the room where he probably wasn't getting the same look as the guy from RIT or the guy from Warburg or the guy from Augsburg or Wabash. So um, it's going to be important for us as coaches to kind of give him those looks and bring those guys in. Yeah, that makes great sense. I mean, obviously, iron sharpens iron. You know, those programs that you just listed, yes, they, they do have those guys that are starters or maybe they're practice partners that are right there in the trenches, you know, battling for for uh, all american or you know that are already all americans that are pushing them so yeah um yeah that's great i like that um but you know taking a step back now from college coaching um let's let's kind of take it way back i've known you for a while now and i don't know i, I mean i've known you probably since you were five or six uh being a few years older than you you know what age did you start wrestling and you know how did you get introduced to the sport um yeah, that's a good question. I'd say um, I was about four years old when I, when I really started um, actually wrestling. Um, my dad got me into the sport. Um, he wrestled. I mean, he wasn't the best, but uh, he always loved it. And um, he always kept going to matches and he brought me to matches when I was young. Um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, when I, when I was putting on wrestling shoes and stepping on the mat, um, you know, I just felt like I was at home. Um, I actually have I've actually listened to your podcast a lot before, so I was expecting this question. And um, I was thinking of all the things like, man, how did I get started in wrestling? And, you know, this memory came to mind of the, my first match ever. <laughs> I actually got pinned in seven seconds and the kid just kind of sat on top of me and pushed his hands on my shoulders. And I like ran off the mat to my grandma and I was like, I'm done this sport. I hate this. Uh, but, you know, the next year I got back into it and, uh, you know, things started working out for me and I stuck with it and I love it. I'm glad I did. Yeah, uh, I can remember. I don't even know what the ages we were, but uh, 
you, you know, with you being Dylan Stoll's age and you two were close friends growing up, I can recall a time where you guys actually, we all left Plattsburgh, um, kind of similar, you know, I, I, I think I drove up with like Dwayne Roberts. Um, and I think he might've been with, with, uh, Dylan as well, but and I, I know Dwayne was with us, but we drove back from NAC tournament, I think drove to governor, which for people that don't know, that's like two and a half hour drive or two hour yeah. drive rather. Um, <laughs> and then we left there and went to Johnson city, which again is another two and a half hour drive, um, for the Mawa qualifiers. You know, I'm not sure people realize how far North Peru is, you know, I was listening to a podcast, um, my buddy, Matt Rourke, which was on this podcast a few episodes ago. He had, uh, Frank Popolizio on, he was talking about the, the wrestling talent, like that it's across the state, you know, there's different pockets, you know, we mentioned Peru with, you know, coach Hogan, he mentioned governor, um, you know, obviously mentioned a few of the section 11 teams, you know, a few of the section three teams, but like there's different pockets across the state and people don't realize, I mean, governor, yes, we're North, we're pretty far North, but then if you go across the state and up Peru, you know, you guys are just South of Plattsburgh, you know, what is life like, you know, wrestling up in Peru? Um, Wow. Um, never really thought about that. I mean, you know, being in a small town, I mean, I guess everyone can kind of imagine that, you know, you know, you know, everyone and people know each other, but for when it came to wrestling, I don't know, it was just, a, it was always a winning culture. Coach Hogan did a really good job of making us um, all really enjoy being there every day. We always had a lot of fun with what we were doing. No, I don't ever think I even remember anyone complaining about practice or wanting to leave or this sucks or everyone was always just having a good time and, and we had a lot of killers on those teams too and we were always brawling all the time I mean with Eric Robinson and Jake Gatto and Pappy Hogan and Jordan Bushy and I mean there was a lot of tough guys in that room that were always wrestling all the time and for some reason we were just always having the time of our lives and Coach Hogan did a really good job built you know kind of building that within us. Yeah no I was thinking the same thing like I remember being a young wrestler and, you know, going to high school events and whatnot um, and just seeing Peru and, you know, looking at the the rankings, which I don't even know what the rankings were called back in the day, but like I can, I can like remember them. They're like black background with like a yellow font. And it might've been the same guy that does them now, you know, the, the rankings, uh, sports writer rankings, but Peru was always f- top five, top 10. And then, you know, Governor, which I mean, I knew where Peru was because we had the seven ten duels back in the day, um, and then, you know, obviously Governor and you know just the different schools that you see, but like Peru is always there, and I knew very remote area, right? So, what, well, Coach Hogan and, and his staff, you know, Coach Edwards and, and his staff, your dad, um, Eric Robinson's dad, you know, being being a part of all that stuff through through the years, what they've done is is pretty special. You know, with you being a coach now, I'm eventually going to discuss the coaches that you've had in your life, right? We, we already got into a few of the coaches you've had with, with under Peru, but, uh, you know, I'm not entirely, entirely sure your timeline, but, you know, growing up, you must have spent time with Atwa, right, under coach, the late coach, Joe DeMeo. Yes, um, absolutely. Did you start your freestyle and grackle career under him? Um, so, actually – Coach Hogan has, um, he started a club in his basement and, um, uh, Pappy, his son actually, um, he was, he was in charge of naming it. So one day he took a chair into the shower and he said, that's where he came up with all of his best thoughts. And he sat there for an hour and he came up with it and he was like cellar dwellers. And from there we ran with it. So, you know, Coach Hogan's basements and cellar dwellers, that's where I really got started with freestyle and Greco. Um, but then when Coach Hogan saw that I was serious about it, um, yeah, he started taking me to Atwa every Wednesday. So we traveled down to, at first it was Queensbury. And um, yeah, every Wednesday night during the springtime, Coach Hogan brought a van load of kids down to Atwa and Coach, good old Coach DeMeo. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot of, a lot about wrestling, uh, you know, wrestling for Coach DeMeo. Yeah. Um, so again, Coach, Coach Hogan, um, then you got Coach DeMeo. You know, th- throughout your high school career, you took fourth in the New York State as a junior. Um, you took third in New York State as a senior. And then you went on to take second at the NHSCA Senior Nationals, correct? Uh, it was the Junior Nationals. Junior Nationals, yeah, because I-, I missed that year. Um, I didn't go down for some reason. I know I went down. Uh, you you would have been your freshman and sophomore year. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so I missed that year. Couldn't remember if exactly what year it was, but so you, you wrestle there and then, you know, going on to, you know, most, most of the, your classmates um, or the class of 2013 guys went on to college. You decided to take a prep year at Wyoming seminary, which to be honest with you, um, probably in 2008, I thought Wyoming seminary, like, where is this Wyoming? Like, I, I think yeah. it was Devin Brown that wrestled that marathon. He won a New York state title. Um, and it, it might've been earlier than 2008. I don't even know when it was, but I was like, where's Wyoming seminary? I had no idea. I remember going to a duel at Blair Academy. It was a quad. Um, my buddy that I went to school with Ben Hoffman, his cousin wrestled at Blair and they hosted Wyoming seminary, St. Ed's and Virgin Catholic. And, uh, they beat them all. Of course, Blair obviously is, is a powerhouse, right? Um, but you decided to go to Wyoming seminary, which had been taken over. I mean, Scott Green took over in 2010, I believe. Um, so you were three or four years into Coach Green's uh, takeover. And you, I believe it was that year that you guys took, you guys beat Blair at the National Prep Championships, correct? Yeah, that was the first time that um, anyone had beaten Blair in the last 30 years. So um, that was really special to be a part of. Um, you know, the whole thing with Wyoming Seminary, too, was um, – Coach Hogan went to Hofstra and, you know, I visited Hofstra and I was really, you know, I was kind of close to, you know, f finishing that deal and kind of going with them. But, um, you know, at some point, you know, things weren't just, just weren't working out. And uh, Coach DeMeo was actually the one that called me one day and said, hey, uh, you want to take a year at Wyoming Seminary? So it was actually on our way down to the Freestyle and Greco States. I went and um, I visited Wyoming Seminary. I met Coach Green. I actually knew Ty White from, you know, my peewee days and, you know, I met with him and we walked around the campus and, uh, you know, I thought it was the best spot for me. Coach Hogan had, um, he had taken a prep year after his senior year and, um, you know, I kind of wanted to follow that route and, you know, being a division one wrestler was always a dream of mine. And, you know, I thought that was the best way for me to get that opportunity. You know, talking about Coach Green, I mean, he talks highly of Coach DeMeo, so I can see where that connection came from. Um, but like, even you placed a second or two times in the state, um, you know, you, you went to NHSCAs, you were, you were a national finalist. I talked about this, you know, on the podcast within the last year about a kid from our area, New York state, he went down to, to Sam, which again, he's not a, not necessarily like a good rest, like a qualif not qualified, but a credentialed wrestler, right. To, to, that goes to seminary, Wyoming seminary, but he went down there, he tried it out for a few I think, I think, you know, a semester or whatever, um, you know, it wasn't for him, but coach green was like, yeah, come on down. Like he, he gave him the tour because it's not like he's the one to, to shy people away. Just obviously he's not there now. I'm not trying to, um, you know, advertise for him, but he's, he, that's the guy he is, right. He's, he's a great, great leader. Not necessarily, not even like a, a coach with technique, like his philosophy in the sport his philosophy in life is so much greater than, what he can be in a wrestling room. Right. I mean, I follow it, you know, if you follow him on Rockfin, I'm sure he'll be listening to this podcast, but like, that's the kind of guy he is, but, you know, taking a step back, like going from a small town from Peru, like we mentioned to a prep school, like Wyoming seminary, where you might have a guy, you know, that's a roommate or a neighbor down the hall um, that's from Canada or, you know, Japan or, or somewhere from, you know, a foreign country. Um, it must've been different. What was that experience like? Um, yeah, so that was a pretty, pretty wild experience. I actually lived with um, a foreign exchange student. His name was Titty Pop from uh, Thailand. Um, he was awesome. And, um, you know, and Coach Green was awesome and the team was awesome. And I really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, there was a lot, I've got a lot of memories from, you know, being there. And, you know, I, I really do think I, I developed a lot as a student and an athlete in that time, which is really the goal. And, um, you know, ultimately it, it opened the doors that I wanted it to open for me. So um, I was able to kind of do what I wanted to do from that path. But I mean, going back to, you know, Coach Green, I mean, like you said, his philosophy on wrestling, I mean, he was, um, it was really great just to sit there and listen to him talk. I mean, he had a way of just being able to walk and, and like talk you through the technique you know, without even getting down and doing the move. And, um, you know, I was able to understand his, you know, his language for wrestling really well. So, um, yeah, I thought we got, went together really well. And, um, 
there was actually a, there was a time we were in the locker room and, um, <clears throat> you know, I was kind of trying to make my decision for college and he sent me an email with like a, a list of schools that I should start looking into, you know, and, and it listed, it's listed like NC state and Rutgers and, um, I think Buffalo and there's a couple other ones on there, but I remember just being in the locker room after practice and saying to him like, coach, like, do you really think like those are some like good fits for me? Like, do you think I should go to NC state or Rutgers? And he was like, Oh yeah, I think you're a badass. And I was like, oh. and it was like, it was really comforting for me to hear that. Cause like, you know, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't know he thought that way of me, but you know, I did go into to the room and I worked hard every day and I wanted to get better at wrestling and um, had a lot of great workout partners, you know, Chris Weiler, um, Nick Renan, uh, Nikki Hall, Ty White, um, you know, that's just a li list of few of them. So, I mean, there was a lot of tough guys in that room and being in that room was the first time that I experienced ever like getting scored on that many times in one practice. Um, you know, one day I would walk out of there and be like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I got taken down that many times. Um, and then there'd be other days that I walked out of practice and I was like, man, I can't believe I scored that many points. So, you know, there was a system behind what we were doing. And uh, it was clear to me that it was working and I was getting a lot better at wrestling. So, you know, my hat's off to Coach Green for helping me with that stage in my life. And um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed that experience a lot. I think it did a lot for me. So from there, I mean, you mentioned the list of schools that he, he recommended to you. You know, you, you committed to the North Carolina State under Coach Pat Papalizio, uh, where you spent there. I believe you redshirted there, correct? Yep. Yeah, so you were there for a year. You redshirted. Um, you competed in a few opens. Um, that year, though, the Wolf Pack finished 16th in the country, which, yes, you were in the, the room together with them. You were training, you know, in the trenches to the get together. Um, again, we'll get into the coaches you've had, but, like, let's take us and look at the the culture that, you know, I so Coach uh, Pat Popolizio, he coached the Bearcats, Binghamton Bearcats, 2011-2012 season, where Gwiz was a freshman. Um, and then the 2012-2013, then 2013-14. So 2015-16 would have been your first year down there. Um, so that was his third year. And, you know, you, you obviously you, you saw the culture changing um, in rally, which at the time as, as a wrestler, you know, you might not have necessarily seen it, you know, eye to eye to where, you know, you, you might now as a coach. But, uh, you know, what, what was your experience like with that culture changing and rally at NC State? You know, I think that, like I said, that year they were 16th in the country. They've been the top 10 a few times now since then. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that was also a great experience for me. I mean, at the end of the day, things didn't really work out for me. Um, but I definitely think if I could have gotten through, um, you know, the, the tough time is, you know, kind of where you come out of the the other side and you, and you, you know, things start clicking for you because um, a lot of things that, you know, I, that were, I was successful and, you know, with my wrestling in college came from what I learned at NC state and the way I trained, um, you know, and the different things that we did as far as that program. But yeah, man, it was, um, it was definitely different. It was a different experience for sure. Coach Papalizio had a plan um, and he stuck to it and he, he wasn't, he wasn't concerned with trying to be, you know, you know, top 20 in the country or beat the 25th ranked team in the country. He wanted to be the, you know, the national champs. He wanted to be top five within the next two years. So, um, you know, we had a team of guys there that really believed in that. And, um, you know, eventually they were successful with that. I remember, you know, just about every day I was, I was wrestling Tommy Gant and, you know, going to the dog pound and getting my ass kicked a lot, you know, guys like Pete Renda and, you know, Kevin Jack and, um, you know, all those guys, you know, it was definitely um, a gauntlet to be wrestling every day, but I was getting a lot better. And, um, you know, buying into that culture, you could really see that, you know, at, at the end of the day, it is tougher to live that life, but, you know, you can accomplish your goals living that life in the sport of wrestling. So, I mean, you, you get what you earn in the sport, right? So what you put into it, you will get out of it. And, um, you know, that, um, I mean, that's even goes for outside of the wrestling room. You know, I feel like a lot of guys think that if you're the hardest working guy in the country from four to six, then, you know, that's going to get it done. But you got to remember everyone in the country is wrestling from four to six every day or whatever that time may be. So it's what you're doing from six to four that's really going to separate you from those other guys in the competition. 
and um, NC State and, and, you know, buying into what that culture was and learning from Coach Papalizio was where I really learned um, that aspect of wrestling. Yeah, that is well said. What happens between six and four? Um, yeah, so, I mean, talking about a few of those coaches that you've had, like, you, you can tell where the, the culture that you're trying to build at Oswego is, uh, is taking place. But, uh, yeah, so from Raleigh, North Carolina, to – to the shores of Lake Ontario at Oswego State. You know, that's where you landed and you've been for the last seven years now. Uh, you've competed for the Lakers from the 2015-16 season to the 2018-19 season. I believe in 2018 you were a NCAA qualifier. You were a multiple-time ECWC champion. You know, what led you to land in Oswego? And, you know, obviously it's been a place that you've been for a while now. Um. So, I mean – when I decided that I wanted to leave North Carolina, I mean, the first goal was I thought I realized I wanted to go home. So I started looking at a lot of different SUNY schools. Um, I actually did visit UB and I met with Coach Stutzman. Um, I went to Cortland. I went to Brockport. Um, I think when I first went out and, you know, looked for colleges, I didn't really, you know, um, I didn't really look at a lot of places. I went to one school. I went to NC State and I decided I was going to go there. You know what I mean? So. Um, this time I really wanted to explore my options. So um, I don't know. I got to Oswego's campus. I mean, it was really beautiful. It was right on the lake. Um, I was, you know, interested in communications and the broadcasting program was really great there. And I met Coach Howard and, you know, I really felt that that was a place that I could make a difference in what, what was happening. So, I mean, I, for the last two years, I hadn't started, you know, I came from, you know, at Peru where, you know, at the end of my time, I was kind of like the main man on the team. So for the last couple of years, you know, I was kind of sitting there waiting for my chance. So being at Oswego, I really felt that I could be that guy again and, uh, you know, really make that impact. So I was really excited about um, the opportunity to wrestle for the Lakers. And um, I really enjoyed my time doing it. And uh, a lot of great things happened. But, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people in, you know, the wrestling world, uh, I didn't, I feel like I didn't reach my goals. Um, so, you know, you always want to be an all American and at the end of the day, I wasn't. So, you know, that was tough, but I think a lot of that played into not living that culture that I've been talking about. So, um, I think, you know, translating into a coach now, um, I've got a lot of roots in this program, you know, you know, wrestling for the Lakers, um, I know coach Howard for a long time. So for me to be able to have an opportunity to kind of, um, make my impact in the t on the team as far as a coach and kind of, you know, letting them know about my experience and how they could better their experience and reach their goals. I think that has really helped me a lot um, stepping into this role. It's almost like we read each other's mind um, or at least, you know, kind of like this wasn't scripted, you know, people listening. Um, <laughs> that, that was my next question. Like, do you think like, uh, you know, and this happens a lot to be honest with you, uh, guys that don't reach their goals, you know, right after wrestling, whether it's at the college level, like yourself or at the high school level, you know, I personally, myself knew I could be a better coach than I could be a wrestler. Just, just by the things that I've learned through the sport, you know, obviously in liking the sport, I mean, you're, you're one as well. I mean, you, you drove down to the NHSCA nationals, yes, to recruit, but you were there almost the whole time. Um, because you like the sport of wrestling. Again, you were NCAA's Division One because you like the sport of wrestling. You know, what made you you want to continue the sport um, to, in, in wrestling, you know, coaching in wrestling after college? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it was a lot of not reaching my goals as a wrestler, but, um, you know, a lot of it came down to I didn't really know what I was going to do after college. Um, yeah, mainly it was just like, the opportunity had come up, um, you know, coach Howard, I knew that coach Connors wasn't coming back. And, um, you know, we had, uh, miles Keene at the time was another assistant, but he actually had a job back in Binghamton. So he was leaving. Um, so yeah, I mean, the opportunity came up, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. So I talked to coach Howard about it and I was like, you know, I really love the sport and I don't want to not be involved with it. And, um, you know, it gave me an opportunity to kind of study for my master's and uh, get a better degree out of it, too. So I got to stay involved in the sport and get a better degree. Um, I actually, when I decided I was going to get into coaching, um, you know, 
I didn't really leave off of the best of terms with the program as far as a wrestler. So Coach Howard really took a chance as me on me as a coach. Um, you know, I, I'd like to say that I think it's working out for him. Um, and, I, and, uh, and I'd also like to say that I think I'm a different, a completely different person as a coach, um, which I think has been important for, you know, letting these guys know that I'm a coach and I'm not just their friend at the end of the day. You know, although they are my friends, um, you know, that's not the end game. You know, it's for us to go out there and compete at a high level and, you know, make these guys into men. Yeah. Um, so you joined the, the coaching scene um, in the 2019-2020 season, which, you know, kind of is a weird season. I mean, you were able to enjoy the season rather up until March when um, you, know, you guys traveled or, you know, teams traveled to the NCAA tournament and the national tournament was canceled. So that was obviously a bummer. Um, and then the 2020 season, there was no teams in New York State um, as far as D3 go, at least the SUNY schools that could compete in the um, national, you know, scene. So like, what was that like, you know, going in from your first year of coaching to that second year of coaching where I know a few of your guys did travel. Um, they competed at that, uh, the new way, um, that D3 national tournament thing that they hosted, but uh, yeah. you know, they, they got the mat time. Um, they continued to, you know, so, some guys obviously could say, Hey, screw this. You know, we didn't have the season. I'm just going to, sit back for a year and you know wait until next year and obviously looking back at the roster I mean <clears throat> some of those guys were were sophomores um and then they, they they go into their junior year or or maybe they were sophomores when that the NCAA tournament was canceled and then you know they they missed that next year or they uh they, they lose out on a year so like you know you had two NCAA qualifiers this year which was your your first full year of coaching um you know you had the season which was definitely a, a unique season. Obviously there wasn't a lot of fans sometimes, um, but you were able to go to the national tournament. You had Matthews and, and Grigas that competed at the national tournament. So, you know, what, as a competitor at the national tournament, like yourself, you're a qualifier. What, what did you say to, to your guys that, you know, might out of, might've missed out on that national tournament last year um, to prepare them this year? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was a that was a tough thing. Um, you know, with that 2020 season, we uh, you know, we had a great great year. Um, I really felt that our our program made a lot of progress. Um, our whole team had improved throughout the year. We had a lot of young guys, so we were all really excited. So, um, and for us to have um, Charlie and Christian um, at the time qualify for the nationals, we got out to Iowa and. Um, for them to be canceled was really, really a tough thing. And the whole COVID thing was really a, a dagger for us um, for a little while. So, you know, I got to I definitely got to give a lot of credit for, uh, you know, to Charlie and, and Isaac for for kind of getting through that, um, staying tough. I mean, they did the best they could to try and, you know, get mat time, whether it was over at, you know, with Gene Mills or, you know, I was hearing, you know, that. Isaac was wrestling like Carter and Cole uh, Molhauser um, over at Jeans and stuff. And I didn't have no idea about it. So, I mean, he was doing what he could. And, you know, as a coach, I was doing my best to try and tell our guys that, you know, when our time comes, the, the guys that are going to be stepping on the podium at your weight are getting it done this year, no matter if they are able to go as a team or if they're not. So whether you're one of those guys or not is up to you. So, um, yeah, they kind of tried to make that, um, you know, make their own destiny when it comes to that. So, and Isaac, man, um, you know, he came back just for his fifth year, um, you know, with having the COVID waiver, he missed out on his senior year. He actually spent the first, um, the first two years on our bench. He won 25 matches um, as a backup one year. Uh, I think he was at my weight. So, um, yeah, I mean, like he paid his dues. And then when he finally got his chance, his first year at the regionals, he went all in two. Um, you know, the whole thing with COVID happened. He came back for his fifth year after waiting a whole year and being out his senior year. Um, he wrestles the second seed first match. And then I think he wins five or six straight and takes third and beat guys that beat him throughout the year. Um, you know, he just kept putting in the work every day. And when the time was ready, or when the time came, he was ready. Um, so, I mean, I just had to, you know, touch on that a little bit because, um, 
you know, I think that <clears throat> him and Charlie, you know, qualifying twice um, now, I think those are some of the highlights of, you know, me coaching. And uh, I'm really excited for the future. And I think there's going to be a lot more of those moments coming soon. The guy that Matthews beat, again, the guy that wrestled for me, uh, Matt Haycook, his he they I was with him and the Ithaca kid that Matthews beat. I believe it was third and fourth, and they were at the uh, EIWAs. So it was you know it was right after conferences, and he's like, yeah, he's like I'm, I missed out on going to NCAA's. Blaze. I lost to a guy that he beat that I had beat earlier in the year, and of course it was Matthews. But you know I knew Matthews had been seeing Baron Mulhauser at Gene Mills, and I know a few of your guys have been coming up to the Grainhouse um, in Watertown with with at Kenny Cords's place. Um, you know, time from time to time, but, uh, you know, so obviously that says a lot about the guys like wanting to, to keep, to keep continuing on. Obviously it's not a, and like you said, six to four, it's not what you do with six to four. I mean, it's also not what you do or from four to six, it's not what you do during the season. Right. I mean, whether your season's October to March or whatever it is, you know, you got to continue to wrestle. You got to continue to grow because your competition's doing it. Right. I mean, I spent, I mean, sadly enough, I spent a lot of time, this this last day and a half watching the U20s and U23 nationals or the world team trials rather. Um, so, you know, obviously the guys are putting in time year in. Um, so that, that obviously, you know, says a lot about your guys that, that are doing the same, maybe not on a bigger scale, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's on that scale where you're, you got to grind behind the scenes sometimes. So that's great. Um, you know, you've also mentioned that you're, you, you've been coaching, a little bit like stepping up in the role, right? Coach Coach Howard's kind of, you know, gave you the reins a little bit to certain things where I, I've seen on, I think it was the Swigo State's Wrestling Facebook, you know, he's he's gone through treatments and whatnot. So like he he's, you've had the, uh, you kind of had to step up your workload as as an assistant coach to do some, some of the roles that maybe he, he would normally do. Um, fill us in on that. Yeah, so um I mean, coach is actually, he was been dealing with um, prostate cancer and, um, you know, during the season, he had to uh, take five weeks to go get can uh, treatment for that in New York City. Um, but, um, you know, he, he was comfortable doing that and leaving me in charge because he knew he was in good hands. And uh, for those five weeks, um, you know, it was just me and the guys. Um, and coach Connors did a great job helping me out. Um, but there was a little bit of time where he actually wasn't involved either. So yeah, definitely had to step into a big role. And, um, you know, I got to give the team a lot of credit too, because they did a good job, you know, um, you know, bearing through the situation and, you know, understanding where, you know, coach Howard's uh, situation and, you know, cause it's not easy just having your assistant coach kind of running the show and your head coach isn't around for, for five weeks, but um, it was definitely a tough situation. And, you know, I think we were able to get better uh, throughout that time. And um, actually at the regionals, um, the, the TCNJ coach and the RIT coach actually at one point complimented uh, me and our, and our team as a whole um, on the fact that they saw that our team got better throughout the year from what they saw earlier in the year. So, um, you know, to hear the best teams in, in the tournament saying that to you, um, it really shows that, you know, we're taking a step in the right direction. So, um, you know, we got to keep it up for us to keep, keep making those steps and for us to get to, uh, to the next level and where we want to be. So, I mean, this kind of is going to bring back to everything what I, we, we, we talked about, you know, your time under Coach Hogan, your time under Coach DeMeo, your time under Coach Green, um, Coach Pop, and then, of course, Coach Howard. Like, what are you, and it might be molding a few things in together, um, but w what are you really focusing on as far as a, a culture change at Oswego State to, to uh, you know, have that program that's up there, whether it's up there in the, the SUNY schools or up there in the Division III um, level? Like, w what are you trying to, I mean, your your main objective for the culture change for Oswego State? Um, so the main thing is just kind of, um, is one, I mean, it's accountability. Um, you know, I, when I was on the team, we had a very talented team. Um, you know, we had Dan Smith and Trevor Hoffmeyer and Rocco Russo and Evan Corso and Jordan Bushy again at one point. And there was a lot of talent in the room. And, you know, not a lot of those guys ended up on, on, on the wall and on the podium. And um, I think a lot of it was we weren't holding each other accountable. So, um, 
you know, I think that's really big for our guys to, to be holding each other accountable, um, you know, when, when no one's watching. So, um, you know, I think that's the main thing. And the other one is, um, <clears throat> is just being disciplined. I mean, you know, sometimes it's really tough, you know, especially when, you know, you're a college athlete and you, you go back to your dorm room and there's a lot of kids like, you know, playing video games or staying up till three in the morning. Um, and you got to get up for a lift in the morning and, uh, you know, having everyone being on board and buying into what we're trying to accomplish is, uh, is really important. So those, those two factors, I think, um, are really big for us to get to where we want to be and for us to, uh, <clears throat> for us to be able to, to get a full buy-in from everyone on the team. Um, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So, um, that means every single person has to be at every practice. And, you know, I mean, even if there's a guy that hasn't started, you know, in all of his time in Oswego, if he's missing practice, I'm still calling him right after and saying, hey, where were you today? Because, you know, we care about everyone on the team and uh, we want them all to be successful, you know, after the fact of college. So in order to be able to do that, you got to be able to show up for work on time every day. And uh, we want to build that within the guys on our team that's kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying, like talking about recruiting the right people. Um, the, the guys that you have on your team seem like they know, like, you know, they have a, a knack for picking out, Hey, this is the guy that we want, you know, as far as having them on your, your overnight visits and whatnot. So um, it seems like you're doing the right thing there. You know, what, what else do you got going on down with the, with the uh, Swigo program? I know you, you mentioned something about your alumni. Yeah. So um this year, we actually um, scratch out. Excuse me, I'm sorry. We actually we have a really strong alumni base, and this year, um, one of our uh, biggest donors, Shane Facto, um, he actually wrestled for Coach Hogan at Saranac, and then he wrestled at Oswego State. He's actually, um, I believe, the C C O O of uh, the Ironman competitions. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not for sure his exact position, but um, yeah, he um, every year Oswego State they do the 1861 challenge, which is when uh, the year that the school was founded. Um, it's actually done by Al Roker, and what the whole thing is um, in um, a day and a half, they try to get 1861 donors. So. Shane kind of took that and kind of challenged the wrestling community and he offered up uh, to match up to $25,000 if, um, you know, we could raise it within that time of the challenge. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Laker com wrestling community came together. We were able to get all the money raised and, you know, Shane matched it. And, you know, there was a lot of um, pieces that had to get put into place for us to be able to accomplish that. But, we're able to raise 50 grand for the team this year. And, um, you know, it just shows that there are a lot of eyes that are taking notice of what we're doing and trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are willing to buy into, you know, this program outside of, you know, just the members of the team. Yeah. I mean, but, but between that and like, like the, the alumni that you mentioned, um, it kind of like puts things together. Like, I mean, even like the, the support that they give to you. But if you're looking at the alumni and yourself, like people know Oswego state for, and of course it's got different majors, but we've talked about this right before we started. What did you major in? Uh, broadcasting. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and we talked about this. So a few years out of high school or, you know, after I tried my thing at TC three, um, you know, I really talked to Ian Clark, which she was coaching there at the time. I was like, man, I really want to get into this because obviously it would open up doors for, you know, flow wrestling at the time and like just trying to get a wrestling gig, right? Obviously having a job doing something that you like, like you just mentioned, um, yeah. would be something great, right? So between broadcasting or journalism, I mean, you, you mentioned Al Roker, right? You, you, there's guys on the, the Today Show or ESPN that if you look back, they, they're, they, they went to Oswego State. So it's kind of cool that uh, a place like that will lead you into to big things, which, you know, for some, I mean, that, that might be the avenue they want to take. So, yeah, I, I've always been fond of Oswego State for, for that reason itself. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, actually, when I was, um, when I was um, on the team, there was actually a day when uh, Al Roker had 
um, brought the Today Show over to campus and they had the, uh, I think it was the world's longest conga line on ice. <laughs> so yeah, um, all, yeah, all the students were able to uh, take part in that and uh, they made a conga line on ice and they did the Today Show on campus. So um, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on in Oswego for sure. Um, so, you know, going into your uh, fourth year as coach now, next year, um, you know, it's a big year. Um, you know, you, you've already mentioned the the recruits that you brought in and the culture that you're starting to to build down there at Oswego. Um, you know, what, what are your goals for the season? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I was actually talking to Coach Howard about this before I was leaving. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, Coach, I don't think I've really established goals for our team in a while. And, um, you know, I think the main thing I want to accomplish, and it might not happen next year, but, you know, the main goals I have for our team right now is to, one, um, retain more wrestlers. Uh, uh, yeah, retain more wrestlers than we lose. So I feel like a lot of times we get, you know, the guys that I was talking about that, you know, they like wrestling a lot, but they don't really love it. So when they get to college wrestling, they're, they're, it's a little bit of a culture shock and they can't really handle it. Um, so, you know, recruiting those guys and getting those guys in our program, getting them to buy into what we're doing and retaining them. And then two, um, winning a dual meet against every other SUNY school. Um, you know, I think that includes Brockport, Oneana, and Cortland all in the same year. Um, just to kind of dominate the state system. Uh, that's something that I don't think we ever did in the time that I was on the team. And I don't know when the last time it has happened, but that's something that's come to mind that I really want to accomplish for our team. I think that's a first step in, to ultimately get to where we really want to get. And, you know, that's beating the teams like, you know, TC and J and RIT and Ithaca and J Wu and uh, being able to compete with those teams. Yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome. That's a step and a goal, obviously, nice and low, right? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, obviously it's low, but it's, it's big. I mean, right. You're to beat Brockport into Cortland and um, that, that's a step in the right direction. And it's easily attainable if the, the culture's there and, and, you know, you know, the buy-ins there, which it sounds like it's, it's in the right direction for, um, yeah, we've been on this podcast, you know, this episode for going on an hour now. Um, it's been a great time. Um, you have anything else for us? Um, I mean, I'm just, uh, I want to thank you for having me on and, uh, you know, you know, getting the, the Lakers some support and a little bit of recognition. And, you know, the last thing is just that, um, if there are any, you know, high school wrestlers out there that, you know, are interested in college wrestling, um, you know, I think a lot of people, um, underestimate, you know, how much, how, how good of wrestling division three wrestling is, um, you know, it's a high level of wrestling. I saw Coach Green actually posted the other day that, you know, there's 3% of all high school wrestlers in the country that actually convert and wrestle all four years of either Division One, Division Two, or Division Three wrestling. So, and it's the lowest of every other sport. So it's a hard thing to do. And to be on a Division Three team is a really, um, a really big thing to do. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great things going at Oswego State. You know, we're right on, located right on Lake Ontario. And, um, you know, if you want to be an All-American, I think we have a system where you can uh, accomplish your goals. Yeah, you got to get on that wall down in the dungeon, eh? Absolutely. There's a lot of history within the program. So uh, I really want to start to, you know, establish that and get us uh, back to some some national recognition. So... And you, we talked about, you know, the division three level, you know, whatnot real quick, um, you know, and I was with you, I mentioned the very beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, you were on the dance cam at the NCAA tournament, the division one tournament, but before that was the NCAA division three tournament. Uh, I've watched that several times now. I've, I've had a few buddies that have lost in the blood round there. Um, and, you know, from, I, I don't know, I probably watched the NCAA D division three tournament five or six years online. Um, and it's, it's awesome, right? You're, you, whether it's the Augsburg, Wartburg, um, this year, especially Wabash, yeah. um, and it, just a few other schools, like they have, each school has their support system and for them to go out there and it's, it's really, truly a sport system. I mean, I mean, you, you go to, 
the division one national tournament and you got your Iowa and your Minnesota and, and whatnot. And they're, they're, they're big support system, but there is just like a, a small school that's supporting each other at a tournament like that. And it just, the environment is rocking like every round. I know this year in itself, I mean, you can attest to it cause you were there, but the, the matches that Wabash needed to win for them to, to take over and, and be the team, the, knock off one of the Bergs to be a national champion. Um, it was just kind of cool. And it was very, very awesome to witness. So I think the, being a division three wrestler to be, to be able to experience something like that would be awesome. I mean, I'm looking forward to making my way out to um, experience a division three tournament in the near future. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, uh, like you said, Wabash almost got it done this year, but uh, you know, wrestling, a lot of wrestling's about the chase. And uh, for, for us to have the opportunity to try and go and knock off a Warburger in Oxburg is, uh, you know, it, that'd be a really big thing to do. So uh, it's an exciting thing to try and accomplish. Well, last, last person to knock it off was the New York team. So anything's possible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So where can people reach the Oswego State Wrestling, um, whether it's their their not necessarily email, I guess the, the website is there, right? There's, I know there's a recruit questionnaire on the website. You guys have a Facebook, you guys have an Instagram, um, kind of explain some of those. Yeah. So, um, there's actually, we have, um, if you go to the Oswego state, um, Lakers athletic page, um, under the wrestling tab, you can find all of, um, coach Howard and my information. Um, so if you wanted, if you had any interest and wanted to shoot me or him a text or, or a call or an email. Um, and like you said, you could follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, um, Facebook. We're trying to do a better job of, you know, promoting the team and showing everyone what we're doing. And I think we've been doing a good job of that and we're going to keep trying to improve in that in the future. So uh, give us a follow and, you know, see what we're all about and what we're, what we're doing up in Oswego. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'll be sure to plug in the uh, Twitter Facebook, uh, Instagram handles, uh, along with this podcast. So, um, yeah, that's all I've got for episode 58 of more wrestling. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Peace out.